Amen. Well, church, this morning I would love to encourage us with a word that my heart is really that you will leave here encouraged. That you will leave here this morning knowing that this God that we serve is your God. This God that we serve is your Father. And He will never let you go. So I want to be a mother hen this morning. Can I be a mother hen just for one morning and not a drill sergeant? I want to be a mother hen. I'm going to try to speak like a mother hen this morning. That wants to bring a word that encourages you to not give up and to not forget who is for you and who is standing behind you. Amen? In the good times, but also in the difficult times. In the hard seasons where it feels like nothing is changing. I believe the Lord wants to remind some people here this morning that even though you don't see anything happening around you, I am working. And I'm always at work. Amen? So it's, my prayer is that it will stir your faith, if anything, this morning. But we're going to get real practical if that's okay. I think we're, we're in the size this morning that we can get real, real practical. I love a good practical word. Who loves a practical word? It's no good if you tell me all sorts of high philosophy, philosophy what? Philosophische goedies. You can tell it's been a long weekend. My Johannes Engels is very delighted. Okay, so thank you for, for your grace this morning. There are some days where I just don't know what. Okay, so this morning, the first scripture that I want to uh, have us look at is in Ephesians 4. You can follow along on new version as well this morning. We added a little bit notes in addition to the scriptures, but it's in the New Testament, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. And it talks about, this is a scripture that everyone knows, but I want us to read through it this morning and focus on a little different point. It says that it was He, it's talking about Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith, that's number one, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, that's number two, and become mature, number three, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up, everyone say grow up, into Him who is the head, that is Jesus Christ. It's a profound scripture, isn't it? Because it speaks about what? It speaks about the purpose of the fivefold ministry. You know, when JC was here, who was at the Voice of God conference recently? Johannes uh, is like waving like a mad person. Yes, you were here. And JC also thought about that. Now, what is the fivefold ministry? It is the five offices of the apostle, evangelist, pastor, teacher, prophet. And those are, the Bible calls, gifts to the church by Jesus Christ. And what is their job? Their job is to help us 
to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Their job is to help us reach a unity. In other words, that we are all on the same page, that we all believe and live out the same thing, the teachings of the Bible. And number three, and this is what I'm going to focus on this morning, their job is to help us to mature. Their job is to help us to mature in the spiritual growth. In other words, it is to help us to reach a maturity in our faith so that we look, sound, and walk like Jesus. It's a door order, isn't it? But that is the job of the fivefold ministry to equip believers for works of service. In other words, there is a ministry, there is a call on your life, on my life that has to do with getting people into the kingdom and getting people maturing their faith. Okay, not every one of us is called into one of those five offices, but some of us are. And it's our job, you honest and I are part of the fivefold ministry, leaders of a church, leaders of a ministry, and it is our job to see that you grow into spiritual maturity. That's what the Lord is looking at us to do. And by God's grace, He's empowering us to do. Amen? Do we all agree on that? So this morning, I want to talk about spiritual growth. And it may feel like foundation, but maybe it will be a great encouragement to all of us. Because I believe this word is even for Johannes and I. It's for you. It's for everyone in our church at this moment. And the Lord is even speaking to Johannes and me both about similar topics around spiritual growth. And we believe there is something that the Lord really wants us to grasp about our own growth. Because when you and I as individuals start to grow, that means the body of Christ is starting to grow. So your growth is very important to the person sitting next to you. Amen. We know that we don't run this race alone. We're not called to do life alone. We are called to be a body. We're called to be together. And therefore, as individuals, we've got to grow that way we will grow together. Does that make sense this morning? So what is spiritual growth? I love a good definition and I love to start this. Spiritual growth or maturity is the process of growing into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Okay? So it means that we are all on a journey. We are all in different phases of growing to become more like Jesus. Spiritual maturity is the ability to consistently view and live life from a perspective of the spirit instead of a perspective of the flesh. So in other words, my spiritual maturity is supposed to look like growth in my daily life so that I grow to the place of looking at life and responding to different things, different circumstances in my life according to how the word says I should respond instead of how my flesh wants to respond. That's a sign of spiritual growth, and that is the aim of spiritual growth. That we all progress to that place of looking and living in the spirit rather than in the flesh. Do you agree this morning? Amen. So God's heart is for you and I to grow in the spirit. His heart is not for us to stay the same. You know that day when you got saved? That day when you decided and you realized, I am nothing without Jesus. That day when you realized, I am going to hell if I don't accept Jesus Christ taking my punishment on the cross on my behalf. 
That day, we became spiritually born again. So it means that the same way that a new baby is born, and they're a baby, and they grow into childhood, and they grow into adolescence, and they grow into adulthood, the same way we grow in the spirit. We are first a baby, an infant in the spirit, and then we have to grow. We have to grow up. And the word for discipleship actually describes our process to maturity. That is why we always talk about discipleship. When Jesus said, wrong banner, when Jesus said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, it means we have to raise up new spiritual babies in Christ and help them mature into adulthood. That is the process of a disciple making other disciples. We need to grow up in the spirit. 2 Peter 3, it's not a new version, but I thought of it last night before I went to bed. I was like, oh yes, Peter also said this thing. 2 Peter 3, he said that we may grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So we know that growth is actually something that God desires for us. But who knows that you can be 80 years old and never have matured in the spirit. You can be old in the natural, but still a baby, an infant in the spirit. That's not to say that's wrong. Maybe you only got saved at 79 because you only just accepted Jesus Christ. Or, and this is the danger that we want to avoid as a church and as believers, I always remain, maybe I got saved at 30, but I never mature. I never made a decision to make spiritual growth my aim, and I attended church for 30 years, but I never changed. I never grew, I never started to apply the Word of God, and I never allowed the Holy Spirit access to my heart and my mind and my soul to grow into a spiritual mature adult. And so, when we speak about spiritual maturity, we know that it has nothing to do with our natural age. Amen? It has all to do with starting to live by the Word, starting to apply the Word, and starting to grow in what God is teaching me. That is the aim that we want to get to. Alright, so how does spiritual growth work? So we spoke about babies. I was just in Cape Town last month, beginning of this month, I don't know when. And I met my brother's baby for the first time, and she's, uh, she turned six months when I arrived. And it was so beautiful to me to see how she's grown from, obviously, our WhatsApp group. We have a family WhatsApp group, and we get daily updates on her growth. She's the first grandchild in the family, so it's chaos. All right, so from her birth, I was so excited to see how much she had grown in six months. You know, she even starts to, even now, after three weeks after I came back, the videos I see, she's already grown again. She even now starts to have like little different sounds. She is starting to speak little words. You know, I can see her growing and I can see her progressing. And it's the same way in the spirit. There are going to be indicators to show that we are growing or there are going to be indicators that we are stagnated. And nothing has changed since the day we accepted Jesus 45 years ago. And none of us want to be in that place. Because the reality is, I can be saved and I can go to heaven. That, that's totally fine. That's, that's amazing. That's the whole idea of you were saved, you bought spiritual means, I've entered into the kingdom of God and I can go to heaven. 
But if I don't grow spiritually, that means nothing in my life will change. Everything will stay the same and I will be the same person with the same problems, with the same issues, just going to heaven. And I don't know about you, but I want to be that person that I want to grow into everything that Jesus has for me. Because He's got a dream for my life. He's got gifts and talents and abilities that He's given me, that He's given you, that He wants to grow, He wants to use for the glory of His kingdom, and He wants you and I to look like Him. By the time that Jesus comes back, none of us are going to arrive. We are all going to, as we sang earlier, we are all going to be fully matured when He only comes back. But there is still a process until He comes. And that's what we want to make sure that we are growing in. And the beautiful thing of a spiritual baby is when you are born spiritually, in the same way when you are born naturally, you know, like this, my brother's little baby, everything in her body is there. Her lungs are there, her heart is there, her legs are there, her arms are there, all the organs are there, all the cells are there. It just needs to grow. And what does she need to grow? She needs the right milk to start with. She's not starting with the choppy. Okay? She needs her milk. She needs the right nutrition. She needs time. She needs mentorship. She needs a mom and a dad. She needs a family. She needs a healthy environment to grow. And it's the same with us spiritually. When you and I are born again spiritually into the kingdom, everything that we need, we have inside of us. In seed form. Everything that we need is inside of us. It's in our spirit. But what do we need to grow? Number one, we need time. We need a family. We need the right soil. We need to be planted like a seed that has to grow. We need to be planted in the right soil. We need water, the washing of the Word, the water of the Holy Spirit. We need the right nutrition. I talk about this every week. I told you every week it's going to come in. We, read the, we need the right nutrition. We need to grow. And so I even felt like as I was preparing this Word that this will also be an encouragement to someone who feels... And this is where I find myself often that I put so much pressure on myself to grow. But you know who is the one that helps us to grow and who grows us? It's the Holy Spirit. So some of us need to relax and know that Holy Spirit has us. We just need every day to keep taking the steps of faith that we need to take. And some of us maybe need to start taking some steps. So that the Holy Spirit has something to work with. You know? God can't move a parked car, I mean. Or maybe you can, but you understand what I'm saying. Okay, I want to read this next scripture, 1 Peter 2, verse 2. And this is Peter talking to the believers, and he says, Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk, so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment, he says, now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Cry out for this nourishment. And there's another translation that says that as newborn babies, you must crave the pure spiritual milk of what? Of God's word. God's word is the milk that we start with. It's the food that we start with. And then it says, so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation, this milk will cause you to grow to maturity, fully nourished, 
and strong for life. And you know, what we see often is in, in our kind of role, when you are in a five-fold ministry, where you are in a position of leadership in the body of Christ, where you teach and mentor and encourage believers to walk and grow in faith, is that the thing that I hear from people the most is that I don't have time to read the Word. I don't have time to study the Word. And you know, this is what I want to encourage us to do. You know that that is not true. We all have time. It's just a question of how do we apply our time? How, have, how has the world taken us into a place where that's become our last priority? And if this is going to be our last priority, that means my spiritual growth will be stunted. And that's not God's heart for us. He doesn't want us to stay the same. He doesn't want us to stay in the same place. You might be married to someone. You don't want them to stay the same. You want them to grow, I mean. That was all wise still. We want each other to grow also. And the thing is, new believers are so excited about the newness of a relationship with the Lord, and that's incredible. But we need to make sure that we cry out for the spiritual milk so that we can progress to more solid food. We don't want to stay on milk forever. And I'm going to expand on what is milk and what is solid food. So an important question that we need to ask ourselves regularly is, Lord, am I busy growing into a new place of maturity? And it's okay if it takes time. Sometimes growth is just a little step forward, but consistently a little step forward and a little step forward. Amen? But Lord, show me, am I growing spiritually? And if I'm not, what is the area where you want me to grow in? What is the place that you want me to grow or take a next step in? And we said it is a process. Okay, and it's not an automatic journey. It's not an automatic journey. If who's good here with gardening or plants or anything like that? Is there anyone here? Rechter. Um, some people are not sure, so they just go like this. Yeah, who's good with plants? Because I might need to. Oh, Jason, you yeah, go. Okay. So Johannes and I have some pruning to do in our garden. We've realized that some of the plants have been. Uh, and so now Johannes just wants to prune everything. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think we need to make sure because pruning is very specific. Pruning means, I've Googled this, you have to go and prune where you are sure that there is still life in the branch. Am I correct? I'm really asking, not for a friend, I'm asking for us. So if, I'm, I'm really serious. If you have got any experience in pruning, Please come and talk to us after the service because we want to make sure that the plant doesn't die. You know, we want to make sure that the new branches actually continue to grow because I don't want to cut down the whole garden. I, I love to see some plants there. Johannes will always upsnake. That's it to call. Okay, the reason why I'm talking about that is that's the same way in our spiritual journey. Johannes spoke about John 15 last week where he spoke about abiding in Christ. But you know when Jesus calls us to abide in Him, that we are part of the vine, He also said that the Father is the vine dresser who will sometimes prune some of the branches. And why do we prune? We prune the branches so that there can be growth. So that there can be more growth, so that we can bear more fruit. And pruning is part of that 
process of growth. And I believe so many believers get to a place where they were born spiritually again, and that's exciting, and that's amazing, and everything is a miracle, and you know, you're so excited about the Lord, but then you get to the next phase, and you start to get into a phase where pruning starts to happen. And you start to learn, you know, from when we're in a baby stage, Mama and Papa do not always fill you because you're not able. You're totally dependent on them. But then when you grow up, you start to learn how to do things for yourself. But that's when the struggle is real starts to happen. And it's true with us in the spirit. But I may be going ahead with myself. I just wanted to know who can help us in our pruning journey. Okay, so we said growth, spiritual growth does not happen automatically. I have to decide, number one, that I want to grow. And then I have to take a step and partner with the Holy Spirit to allow the Holy Spirit to help me to know which next step to take. And I want to encourage us in this. Do you know that none of us, our journeys look the same? So my spiritual growth would not look the same as Stefan's spiritual growth. Because Stefan's got a different calling on his life. So if the Lord tells Stefan to give something up or the Lord tells Stefan something, it doesn't mean that I have to do the same. I must listen to what the Lord is telling me to do. And so there's also a wisdom in we don't have to compete or compare our growth to the person next to us. Because God has got something unique for you and he's got something unique for me. And I think sometimes what we also do is we compare our journeys with one another. And we think, well, if Essie is now already there, then that means I must also be there. No, just focus on what Holy Spirit is telling you to do. And just make sure you're growing. Maybe you're a different plant. And you take longer to grow in a different season. I mean, look like your blood anders. So never compare ourselves. So what are the stages of spiritual maturity? Let's quickly chat about that. Because this was really helpful for me in my journey with the Lord to understand. I want you to go to the New Testament right at the back, the book of 1 John. So not John, 1 John. 1 John 2. Verse 12 to 14. Okay, so if you ever read the book of 1 John, this is a good book to read in its entirety. Actually, every book is good to read in its entirety. But this book is written by, scholars believe, the Apostle John, the same one who wrote John, and the same one who wrote a Revelation. But he, it's sort of towards the end of his life, so he's in a mature phase of his faith. And he's talking to different believers of different stages of spiritual maturity. So he's writing to them as a father and he says to them this. Maybe let me read it from here. He says, I am writing to you, little children, believers, dear ones, because your sins have been forgiven for his name's sake. You have been pardoned and released from spiritual death through his name because you have confessed his name, believing in him as savior. So I want you to make a mental note. He's talking to children, and he says, your sins have been forgiven, okay? Number two, then he says, I'm writing to you who? Fathers, those believers who are spiritually mature, because you know him who has existed from the beginning. And then he has a third audience, and he says, I'm writing to you, young men. Obviously, this also includes women. I'm writing to you, young men. Who are they? Those believers who are growing in spiritual maturity. 
because you have been victorious and have overcome the evil one. And then he goes again, I'm writing to you children, those who are near believers, those spiritually immature, because you have come to know the Father. I have written to you fathers, because you know he who has existed from the beginning. And thirdly, I have written to you young men, because you are strong and vigorous. And the word of God remains always in you, and you have been victorious over the evil one by accepting Jesus as Savior. So what is John doing here? He is writing to a group of believers and he's saying, I want you to remember some of you are still in your first phase of your Christian journey. And we're going to talk about that. And then he's writing to the young men and he says, you have overcome the evil one. This is where you are in your journey. You are growing and you need to keep going. And then he commends the fathers, the people who have reached a maturity in their faith, the people that have walked the journey with the Lord. They know that he's faithful. They have known him from the beginning. And so we see that there are three audiences. Number one, there is the infant phase. So as we said, we are born spiritually, we are babies in the spirit, that means everything we are learning is brand new. We need to learn about the kingdom. We need to learn about our spiritual milk. In other words, what do we need to feed upon? Okay, if you are a new believer, I remember when I received the Lord, all of this was foreign to me. I grew up in a church, in a Christian home. I grew up in a traditional environment. But I didn't understand any, I didn't have any comprehension or revelation about the kingdom or what it meant to grow spiritually. I didn't understand any of that. I had to learn, I think I was in my late 20s, I had to learn all of that from scratch. I was a baby in the spirit. And so what do I need to learn when I'm in that phase? I need to learn about, as he said, the certainty of the forgiveness of my sins. That is a foundational teaching, that is a spiritual milk. I need to know that I know that I know. If I don't believe and understand, number one, that Jesus forgave me for everything I did of my past, I'm really gonna to struggle to grow into the next phase. It's a foundation that I need to have fast in my heart. I need to know that I'm forgiven. I need to be certain that I'm forgiven. I'll never forget when I was in Cape Town, we planted a church in, um, we're part of a church plant in, in Somerset West. And I remember a, a, an old tiny. She was probably in her late 70s. And she was so sweet. But you know, every week she came to church. And when they did an altar call at the end of the service, and they asked who wants to give their heart to the Lord for the forgiveness of sin, she would put up her hand every single week. But you know, one Sunday I went to her and I, and I asked Tani, why do you put your hand up? You know, we prayed for you. You were saved. You were a believer. And she said, no, but I sinned this week. I did something wrong. So she thought every single week she had to be born again. That is what we mean by, I need certainty of my salvation. I need to understand what that first step meant so that I can grow on to grow and mature. If I'm not certain of my salvation, it's going to hold me back to move into every next phase that God has for me. Does that make sense this morning? That's what I need to know. I need to learn about the love of the Father for me. Do you know, and this is also good for something, maybe you're here this morning and you're actually very mature. You've walked with the Lord for a long time.
time. You've applied all these things. You live by the word. You live by the spirit. But this is helpful for you and I when we are also discipling other people. If I'm discipling a new believer, there's no point, and I want to say this with a lot of love, there's no point in me trying to teach them how to really operate in the spiritual warfare of this and that. But they don't know that the Father loves them. They first need to learn their new identity as a child in the family of God. I need to know that I am loved because I can't walk out of my calling and walk in a ministry if I don't have a revelation of God's love for me. That means I will never love other people out of a place of love because I don't know love. It's part of being an infant in the spirit. I need to have a revelation. I need to know that I know that I know that the Father loves me. Ek word het onder die knie, soos die sien Afrikaans nie. Is dit onder die knie? Het dit dit? Ja, okay, then we can grow. I need to know how to learn how to hear my Father's voice. I need to know that the Father has a plan for my life. I need to learn who the church is and that I have a family. Otherwise, I'm going to be an abandoned baby Christian. God does not want us to live as abandoned baby Christians. There are many believers who've been believing in the Lord for 30 years, but they don't have a revelation that it's important to have a house, that it's important to be planted in the church of the Lord. If I don't have a revelation and know that I need to be planted, then how am I going to grow if my roots are not going down somewhere? And this is a, this is a thing that I have really seen in Vinduk, and I say this with a lot of love, there are many believers who do not believe they need to be part of a local church. That's a foundational doctrine, a foundational teaching, that's a spiritual milk teaching, but I can not with it, so that I can grow if I want to grow in a healthy way that God desires for me. I need to know that I'm part of a family. Amen? Okay, it's a place where I learn how to give, how to serve, how to love, and I learn basic spiritual principles and basic, you know, things that I need to do disciplines in order to grow to that next phase. That is the, the infant stage. Then I get to young adulthood. And this is where often as believers, we say, we realize that the struggle is real. When I get to this place and, I, and I've developed my identity, I know who my father is, I know who my family is, and I know that he loves me and he's got a plan for me. Now I'm introduced to the reality of spiritual warfare. I realize that there is an enemy who doesn't want me to grow. I realize that if I don't start to grow in my eating of the word and growing from spiritual milk to more solid food, then I'm not going to grow to the next level. So this is a place where I start to learn how to use my Bible to defeat the enemy. This is where I start to learn that the word is truth and where a lot of my soul hurts and wounds are being healed. And I'm moving to that next place where I start to you know, learn how to use the word against attacks coming against me. Where I start to learn how to love other people. I start to learn how to walk with the Lord a little bit more by myself, not as a baby. Does that make sense this morning? I'm introduced to the kingdom battle that we are engaged in and I learn that the enemy will fight me on two things. How to overcome sinful patterns in my life and how to become an effective witness. And this is where the pruning starts to happen. 
Now I've grown a little bit. I'm not a small plant anymore. I've grown a little bit. There's branches. There's, you know, takis. Now that I takis Now that starts to become a little bit real and painful. Because now the Lord is starting to dig a little deeper into my heart, into my thought patterns, into strongholds that maybe I've built up over years of living in the world just because I didn't know. But He wants to take me through that step. And this is where I see many believers get stunted in their spiritual growth. Because they don't realize that I'm just, this is just part of my growth. This is just part of the Lord training me and nurturing me and pruning me so I can bear even more fruit. I don't realize that I'm going to go through tests of my faith so that God can entrust me with more. I don't realize I'm going to go through tests of obedience so that God can take me to the next level, so that I can be entrusted with a little bit more, so that I can go closer to my calling and what He's called me to do and who He's called me to be. Seasons of pruning. It's a time where my relationship with the Word needs to grow to a solid, sustainable, consistent level. Because if it doesn't, I'm not going to grow any further. I'm going to remain in this stage between childhood and adolescence. And I'm not going to grow into a mature adult. Amen? We will learn how to overcome sinful patterns in our lives. We will learn how to apply the word. We will start to grow in our character. This is so important. If I want to be an effective witness to the Lord, and if I just want to reach my calling, I need to start changing in my character. I need to start becoming more like Jesus. Because that is what's going to attract the world to the King. And I believe one of the biggest indicators, and this is something that we pray often, Lord, one of the biggest indicators that I'm growing spiritually mature is if I grow more humble and more humble and more humble. The more I do for the Lord, the more humble I have to become. That is part of spiritual growth. That's something that Johannes and I pray all the time. Because if I allow pride or something like that to come in, it means I'm actually growing further away from Jesus. As I says, niemand kann von mir nichts sehen. That's a sign my spiritual growth is being stunted. I need to remain teachable. I need to remain humble. And the more time I allow the Holy Spirit to come in and grow that and change that, the more I will automatically grow in that direction. I can't make myself humble. I have to just trust that He is willing to do it. But I have to remain teachable. I have a choice to make. Am I remaining teachable? Am I open? to people who love me, maybe that have been signed in some kind of authority over me to speak the truth in love, because there's an area I need to grow in. And these are often painful seasons in this stage of growth. You know, like a teenager, what an uncomfortable season of growth. And this is often where I think many believers get stuck, because they think God has left them, but no, God is actually growing. The teacher is always quiet during the test, I mean. Many of us are in this season right now. Seasons of pruning. And you know, this is something that the Lord told me. Because I felt like you go through those seasons often. You just pass one test and another one comes. 
But part of growing spiritually mature is discerning I'm in a test. Like we know this season that we're in right now with the church, this is a test of our faith. It's an opportunity from the Lord. Because we've got a word, because we've already allowed our roots to grow deep. We will not be shaken. We've got a word. This church will go for We will not be shaken. How will it happen? No cooking clue. Is God in control? Absolutely. Are we going to rest in that? Absolutely. Am I going to sink if I don't stand on this word? Most probably. Okay. The greater the anointing on your life, the greater this season of growth will be. The more painful this season of growth will be. Because what happens when the Lord produces an anointing in our life? The wine comes after the grapes have been crushed. The oil comes out when the olives have been crushed. And so maybe you're in a season where it feels to you like you're being crushed right now. I want to remind you, I want to encourage you, the anointing is coming. The anointing is being produced. You just have to stand strong in this season. You have to remain in the Word. You have got to remain focused. You've got to remain among the body of believers that can encourage you. Because if I'm on the sideline, if I'm isolated, the wolf will come. I'm the easiest target in the world. And that's why, you know, oftentimes when Johannes and I encourage people and when the team encourage people to come to church, it is not because we want to fill a hole. It is because it's for your safety. It's for your spiritual growth. It is for you to get to the place where God has designed for you to be. It is safer in here. You've got to be attached to the body, I mean. And Johannes and I, like I say to him, my biggest prayer, my biggest prayer in this season, I don't care if there's one person in this room, I will preach the same as if there's a hundred. My biggest prayer, and this is only the Lord who does it because he is the great shepherd, is I want to see people grow into their kingdom gifts and assignments. Amen. There is nothing personally for me so fulfilling to see someone that I'm discipling move into a place of growing in the Lord. Amen. There is nothing more exciting to me. It's what I live for. It is why if you're in the ministry, if that is not your heart, if that's not what you love, then I don't know what we're doing. There is nothing more encouraging to me than when we had that first Avunda trip and Carl and all the guys went, and I came back and I heard and I saw what God is doing in their lives. Nothing excites me more in this world than seeing someone, even if it's just one little step of growth. Man, I celebrate that because that is the Lord at work. Amen. Amen. And number three, it's the mature adulthood phase, which Peter said, you know, or John said, you know him who existed from the beginning. It is when we get to that phase where there is something new and different about our knowledge of the Lord. We've done time with Him. We've done life with Him. We've seen Him come through in the worst of times. We've celebrated when we saw Him come through in the best of times. There's a deep knowing on the inside, I might niemand come for you, Skatti, because you have tasted, you have seen, and you know that He's good. You know that He's faithful in every season. Because you've done the time with Him. And that's where the Lord takes us and we become spiritual mothers and fathers. And we make other disciples and we teach them what the Lord has taught us. And that's God's heart that we get to that place. And our character is grown. 
and there is fruit visible in our life and we've moved forward. I mean, that is his heart for the body. Does it make sense the whole way that God has designed this? Mm. Amen. And you know, I want to touch on one or two things on myths of spiritual maturity. One of the myths, and I think we said it earlier before, is that if I'm old in the natural, I'm automatically spiritually mature. No, it is not. Spiritual maturity only happens when I decide to apply what I have learned, when it is evident in my life. Another myth is my outside appearance, you know, walking with my Bible and coming to church and doing all the outside religious duties makes me automatically more mature. Myth. It is only on the inside, the work that God has done on the inside that shows my spiritual growth. Obviously that affects my behavior, but it's about a heart transformation on the inside. Another myth that I think sometimes we think is that if I know much of the Bible and I can quote a million scriptures in conversation, that I think I'm more spiritually mature than someone else. Actually, no, the Pharisees knew scripture. They knew the word of God. The question is, what has the word done to me? How much of the scripture that I know here have I applied here and is visible in my actions and my everyday life? That determines where I am growing more spiritually mature. Another myth is it's all about what I say. No, it's all about what I do. It's about how I react in the Monday to the Saturday. We all look spiritual when we hear a church on a Sunday, but it's how I act and respond Monday to Saturday that will show where I am growing in my spiritual maturity. Another myth is that I don't need people, it can just be me and Jesus. No, actually God calls us, the Bible says iron sharpens iron, and he calls us to help each other mature and to help each other grow in love and in grace. And that's why the body is so important. Okay, so how do I actually position myself? That's great, Marissa. How do I position myself for spiritual growth? What do I need to do? That's always my question. Lord, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Number one, I need to make a decision. I think there is, is there a slide? No, not yet. I need to make a decision. If I want to grow. Because as we said before, God's not going to move a, a parked car. He's not going to force his growth on us. He's not going to force character building on us. We need to decide, Lord, I want to be open. I want to be the person you've called me to be. Help me to move from this place to the next place. Where do you want to take me? I believe that's the heart's question. That's the heart question that we need to say and ask and decide in our heart. And from that place, God can do miracles in our life. But we first have to get to that place. And you know how many people sometimes have come to us for counseling and I can see that they really, they know that there is something more, but they don't want to move beyond that first step. They actually don't want to change. And you know what, maybe there's someone in your life that you feel like, I would encourage you, just pray. Just pray, because the Lord will move in the heart. Nothing we can say or do with our words or with our arguments 
can help people to change. That was not part of my notes, but I just feel like someone needs to hear that this morning. Just pray. Pray for their heart. Maybe stop saying something and just pray. Because the Holy Spirit can get into the deep recesses of our hearts. Amen? Number two, I need to tie down my first three foundations. There's a slide for this. Now, as a church, what we want to do in the next few months as we go into our new building, as we go into next year, we really want to strengthen our discipleship process. Why do we love a process? Because it helps us as a community grow into the body, mature body, in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, as Ephesians 4 speaks about. Because it's impossible to, to try and have a process for each individual person. That's why we want to have a process as a church, so that we can grow together. And so, for maybe for some people, you've already got this nailed down. Obviously, you're in a much different phase. That is amazing. But for a new believer, what are the first three things that we need to know as part of our spiritual growth needs to be in place for us to take the next step. Number one, blood, salvation, is I need to know that I'm saved. Many times that has not happened. So then no spiritual growth can take place unless I know that I know that I know that I'm saved, I'm born again. I, there was a time and a moment and a place that I know I gave my heart to Jesus. What does that mean? I surrendered my will and my life to Jesus Christ. I have to be born again. This is even good if you've got people that you are discipling. Number two, I need to understand water baptism. I need to be baptized. Why? Because Jesus was our example. Water baptism is I'm laying down my old life, that old person, the old is no gesterf, onder die grond, onder die water, and I am resurrected. My new life has begun with Jesus Christ. And I know some of you are thinking this boy basic. But you know how important it is how many people do not have, how many believers do not have these steps down. And there's no condemnation in that. It's just time that we get it right. Amen? If we want to be people of the word, then we have to follow the word. I need to be water baptized. Number three, I need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, I already receive the Holy Spirit when I give my heart to the Lord. Holy Spirit inside of me, but there is a place, and we've spoken a lot about it, and we are going to talk about it with every single person that joins our church. This will be the first step that we want to take them through. Maybe I've spoken to many people that have never been taught about baptism of the Holy Spirit, that I have to be prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit. That's where my journey starts. I mean, so I need to have these things on the that would fast years. Okay, that's where my season starts, my journey of growth starts. Then, there are five key areas that I believe, as a believer, these five is the first place that I need to start after I've got these three basic doctrines of the milk down, then what needs to happen? Number one, I've got a slide, is... What does my daily quiet time with Jesus look like? I need to, as a believer, if I want to grow spiritually, I need to have time with the Lord. I told you this was going to be very practical and very basic. Do I have consistent, solid time with Jesus? Because if I don't, then maybe this is the one area that I need to ask the Lord, Lord, help me to cultivate this. Because I need to have this down for growth. If I don't, I'm not growing. Because Jesus said, as Johanna spoke last week, 
We need to abide in Him. If I'm not abiding in Him by spending time with Him, I'm going nowhere. I may go to heaven, amen, but I'm going nowhere here. What does that look like? Do I have alone time with Jesus? And, and I, what I've done, actually, I said, Johannes, I wanted to print out one for every single person. But what I'll do is I'll do a PDF to help you. Maybe this will help someone you are discipling. I've done just a one-pager, but it's double-sided. And under the first heading, so we've got five areas that we need to nail down. I want to give us a challenge as a church community, which one of these five areas, and we're going to take the piece of paper home, or I'm going to send it on the WhatsApp, whichever, and go and sit with it this week and ask the Lord, Lord, which one of these five areas is currently blocking my spiritual growth in some way, shape, or form? And I've listed under each of those five categories, I've listed some questions to ask, to maybe help me and guide me to see is this an area in my life that maybe Holy Spirit, I want to invite Him to come and help me grow? So under the first one, daily quiet time, if you're really struggling in this area, you're saying, oh, I just don't have the time. I don't, I'm, I'm not getting my schedule right. I don't know how to spend time with the Lord. Then here are some helpful questions to ask. Where do I have 15 minutes to start? Do you know there was one season where I spent an hour and a half in traffic in the morning and an hour and a half in traffic in Cape Town going back home. That was my time with Jesus. I also had one hour lunchtime and I used 15 minutes of that lunchtime to read through one devotion. Maybe some of us just needs to start there. Don't think I have to spend six hours with the Lord. Just start with 15 minutes. Have I got 15 minutes to start cultivating this habit because I want to grow? Number two, what does my prayer life look like with the Lord? My prayer and worship life. If prayer is an area, and I believe many people are struggling in this area because we simply don't know how to start. How do I pray? What if I don't hear anything? What if it feels like I'm praying against the ceiling and that discourages me so now I've just stopped? You know, if we don't cultivate a prayer life, I can't grow. I can't learn how to hear my Father's voice. I can't receive from the King Himself to know direction for my life, to know where to go, to know what to do, to know how to handle what is coming my way. And many believers are in the church for 30 years and they do not know how to pray. So we're going to go back to those foundations, church, because it's so important. And how do I start to pray? If I'm struggling in prayer, what is going to be my plan to start? Do I maybe start and I get like a little booklet and I just start to write down five things every morning that I want to talk to the Lord about. Maybe I just start there. I just get a little bookie and I write down, Lord, these are my prayer requests. Help me to pray. Maybe that's where you start and that is okay. Then you start there. What is important is that I take a first step. Maybe you could read a book about prayer. Maybe you can ask the Lord to send a prayer partner into your life that you can pray with, to start praying with someone so you can learn how to pray by yourself. There is no shame in this. It is just, I need a plan to start. Okay, number three, Bible reading and studying. This is our spiritual nutrition. If I'm not reading, was it last week or the week before I shared about that study that one of our churches in Pretoria did, and only 40% of the congregation read their Bible. 
Well, you know, then we're not growing. Then we are not growing into maturity if we're not eating. What happens to your baby when they are not eating? When they're not drinking? What happens to your children when they don't receive the nutrition that they need? Their growth will be stunted. They will be undernourished, malnourished. What is the right English word? And so maybe your question is, maybe this is an area where you feel the Holy Spirit is highlighting this to you this morning. Then maybe a question we can ask is, well, what is going to be my plan? Where am I going to start? Maybe I need a new Bible. That's always exciting. A new Bible, maybe with some study commentary on, at the bottom. Maybe I can understand the Bible, so maybe I need to get a new Bible and start reading in the book of John and just start reading the comments below. Maybe I need to, what was the other thing that I said here? If I don't have a plan and I feel overwhelmed because the Bible is so big, I don't know where to begin. Maybe I just need to get something like a Bible reading plan, like the one-year Bible. And I know some of you are thinking, but this is where people are. People will tell us, I don't know how to read my Bible. Well, get a plan. Get the YouVersion app. Start somewhere. Start with 10 minutes a day. And then when you do 10 minutes and you nail that, you go to 15 minutes. 15 minutes, you go to half an hour, half an hour, you go to three hours. Because the more you eat, the more hungry you will become. Amen? What is that plan? There are so many things that we can do. Just start somewhere. Maybe, you know, there is also a difference between Bible reading and Bible study. Reading is great because it gets you in the Word. But when I study, when I go deeper into it, that is where transformation starts to happen. Because that is where the Holy Spirit will start to show how this, what you are reading, is applicable to your Monday right now, right here in this situation. That is where we get our mind renewed. That is where we get wisdom. That is where we get that next step for the Lord from. Amen? And so maybe we've only got an online word school at the moment, so if you don't have internet, I know that's a little bit uncomfortable, but maybe you need to start word school and start book by book and giving two hours on a Monday night. Maybe if you don't have the time or you don't have internet, Maybe all you can do is say you are struggling in an area of worry or you struggle with something like anger. Then what you can do is if you have a good Bible, you can do your own study. You don't need your honest and I to work out a study for you. You go into the back of the Bible that says concordance and you look up the word anger. And you know if you look up the word anger, it will list all the scriptures in the Bible that talks about that I've done that with many things in my life. And you know how much the Lord started to change my mindset on that topic, on that issue? He starts to reveal things to you. He starts to break open the word for you and it will physically change your thinking. It will physically change your life. It will change how you react. It will renew your mind. But if we never open it up, we will never be changing. Amen. So maybe Bible reading is a next step for you that the Lord says, hey, I want to grow you in that area. Where are we going to start, Lord? We're going to start in the concordance. Number five, four, church corporate worship services. And I'm preaching to the converted, so maybe this point is not for you at all, but as I said earlier, sometimes people don't even know that it's a foundational doctrine to be planted in a church. So, I'm a seed of a new Christian, but I have, I'm not planted in any soil. My home is not my soil. The local church is the soil. So, 
Maybe you are discipling someone and they are hopping from church to church. Encourage them, hey, ask the Lord where you should be planted. And even if I am planted, am I regularly attending a service? And again, you understand I'm not asking this so that you can come every week, listen to us. No. There is something supernatural that happens when we gather together. Jesus said, where there are two or more, I am with you. You will receive something from the Lord every single time you attend the church service, even if you don't realize it. There's a reason why he called these believers to assemble. Amen. Maybe there is something in my life that maybe I only get to church once every two months. It's too little. It's too little for your growth. It's too little for where God wants to take you. Maybe the Lord is encouraging you to take a next step of serving in the church. Maybe you have been part of the church for a long time and you have received a lot from the church. But maybe a next step of my growth is the Lord is saying, what can you give in this season to the church? And again, everyone's season will look different. Maybe you can give something midweek. Maybe you can give resource. Maybe you can give time. Maybe you can serve as a volunteer on the weekend. What is that next step that the Lord wants to grow when it comes to my church and the environment. And lastly, fellowship with other believers. Maybe I'm alone in this season and I see people on a Sunday, but I have no one to connect with midweek. And the Lord says, where can you build fellowship? I haven't called you to do this alone. I want you to be among believers. Maybe I need to pray about attending a home cell. It's only two Wednesday nights a month, two hours, and you always leave full after you've entered empty. Because someone in that cell has something that I need because God works through people. Maybe I need discipleship on how to be a man and how to be a dad. Maybe I need to think about getting up a little bit earlier on a Friday morning and coming to you. And I'm just sharing things that we have as a church. If this is not your church, obviously your church has great discipleship processes in place. But does it make sense this morning? Are you okay? Amen. I am done. The plane is landing. So, I know this was very practical, but the Lord has really put on our heart. We need to help each other grow and take that next step. And so, don't be overwhelmed by five things. Go home, read through those five things. It's in the new version. I will send the PDF as well. And ask the Lord just for one area. Focus just on one thing, because sometimes we also don't grow because we try and tackle 15 things at once, if you're like me. And then get here with other sides of the now. Just take one area. Maybe it's just prayer. Maybe it's just church. Maybe it's just a priority thing. And where does he want to take you next? I mean, why don't you stand this morning and I'm going to pray for us. Father, we thank you this morning that, Lord, that you are a good father. And that your heart is for us to be born into your kingdom family with the purpose to grow up from babies to young adults to fully mature adults. And I thank you that your plan has always been for us to be in a family in order to do that. For us to be in a loving, safe, local church environment where we can grow into the person that you've called us to be. 
when we can walk in the fullness of what you have for us. And so this morning, Lord, we just want to come and we want to ask, Father, would you show us just one area that you would like to grow us in in this next season? And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to every believer in this room this morning. Lord, I pray that you would speak to me. I pray that you would speak to Johannes. I pray that you would speak to every leader and every person that is part of our congregation that is not even here this morning. And show us, Father, where do you want to prune us? Where do you want to grow us? What steps do you want us to take? So that we can live fully alive with purpose, with intentionality, with visible fruit in our lives so that we can make more disciples and so that we can fulfill the mandate that you've given us on this earth to do. Father, I want to pray that, Lord, that you would guide us, Holy Spirit. Your word says that, Holy Spirit, you are our helper. You are our counselor. You are the one that will guide us forward. So we pray that you will have your way in each one of us. And that you will grow us through each, each stage, Lord. And that you will help us to pass the tests. That you will help us to grow in our character. And that you would help us to be faithful, solid, mature witnesses for you to an unbelieving world. Who needs to know the love of the Father. And so we pray a blessing over our church this morning. I pray a blessing over every person in this room. Lord, we thank you for discipleship, that you are moving among us, and that you are growing. And I pray that we will always be a church that will be solid, strong, growing as disciples, growing in your word, that we will be word-based, and that we would be a light in the darkness in this city and in this nation. So we honor you this morning. We thank you that you are the one who grows. And we put ourselves in that place where we say, Lord, come and have your way inside of us. And I pray your protection and the blood of Jesus over every family in this room. I pray that you will bless us in our going out and in our coming in. That you will bring us back safely next week. That you would line up opportunities for us this week to be good witnesses. To love someone, to help someone, to serve someone. And that you will grow our church week by week by your grace and by your love. In the powerful, almighty, amazing name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.